0: Hello world, this is Roger Corvill, and this is For the Hope. Here, we read through the Bible conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. One of the dumber questions I ever asked was, why would someone try to outline a book of the Bible? but it was my growth path, and today I'll share with you a little nugget of something to know and save you my stupidity. Hey, Hopeful, welcome to For the Hope's daily audio Bible where we consider life and work stories in light of God's story. And since our primary purpose is to kind of read through the Bible, for this particular podcast anyway, one of the easy things to do is to evaluate the Bible and learn from it and maybe figure out where Roger's stupid along the way. Think about it. The original letters and poems and prophecies and historical accounts weren't written in chapters and verses. Those evolved over time as people tried to create reference points or annotations to just, you know, make it easier to communicate. And what we have now was finalized into what we use today yeah, pretty much developed by one guy named Stephen Langton, Archbishop of Canterbury, in 1227. Yep, just shy of like 800 years ago. So, chapters and verses are helpful, like in our New Testament reading, when we find a convenient place to pause in the middle of a long chapter like today. And sometimes, well, we'll talk about that when we get to our Old Testament segment, Acts chapter 13. Now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon who is called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, a close friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. After they had fasted, prayed, and laid hands on them, they sent them off. So, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia. From there, they sailed to Cyprus. Arriving in Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues, and they also had John as their assistant. When they had traveled the whole island as far as Paphos, they came across a sorcerer, a Jewish false prophet named Barjesus. He was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man, and this man summoned Barnabas and Paul and wanted to hear the word of God. But Elymas the sorcerer, that's the meaning of his name, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, stared straight at Elymas and said, You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery, you son of the devil and enemy of all that is right. Won't you ever stop perverting the straight paths of the Lord? Now look, the Lord's hand is against you. You are going to be blind and you will not see the sun for a time. Immediately a mist and darkness fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then, when he saw what had happened, the proconsul believed. Because he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord, Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia, but John left them and went back to Jerusalem. They continued their journey from Perga and reached city, Pisidian Antioch, and on the Sabbath day they went into the synagogue and sat down. After reading of the Law and the Prophets, the leaders of the synagogue sent word to them, saying, "Brothers." If you have any word of encouragement for the people, you can speak. I just got to pause and say, I love that the earliest church had this kind of like way of somebody being able to step up and read. And they talked about stuff and debated stuff. Kind of an interesting way to do church, eh? Not wrong, by the way. Just not what you and I know. Paul stood up and motioned with his hand and said, "'Fellow Israelites and you who fear God, listen. "'The God of this people, Israel, chose our ancestors, "'made the people prosper during their stay "'in the land of Egypt, "'and led them out of it with a mighty arm. "'And for about 40 years, "'he put up with them in the wilderness. "'And after destroying seven nations "'in the land of Canaan, "'he gave them their land as an inheritance. "'This all took about 450 years.' After this, he gave them judges until Samuel the prophet. Then they asked for a king. And God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, the man of the tribe of Benjamin for 40 years. After removing him, he raised up David as their king and testified about him. I have found David, the son of Jesse, to be a man after my own heart who will carry out all my will. From this man's descendants, as he promised, God brought to Israel the Savior, Jesus. Before his coming to public attention, John had previously proclaimed a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. Now, as John was completing his mission, he said, Who do you think I am? I'm not the one. The one but one is coming after me, and I'm not worthy to untie the sandals of his feet. Brothers and sisters, children of Abraham's race, and those who of among you who fear God, it is to us that the word of this salvation has been sent. Since the residents of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize him or the sayings of the prophets that are read every Sabbath, they have fulfilled the word their words by condemning him. Though they found no grounds for death, they asked Pilate to have him killed. When they had carried out all that had been written about him, they took him down from the tree and put him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And he appeared for many days to those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to all the people. And we ourselves proclaim to you the good news of the promise that was made to our ancestors. God has fulfilled this for us, their children, by raising up Jesus As it is written in the second psalm, You are my son, today I have become your father. As to his raising him from the dead, never to return to decay, he has spoken in this way I will give you the holy and sure promises of David. Therefore, he also says in another passage, You will not let your holy ones see decay. For David, after serving God's purpose in his own generation, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers, and decayed, but the one God raised up did not decay. Therefore, let it be known to you, brothers and sisters, that through this man forgiveness of sins is being proclaimed to you. Everyone who believes is justified through him from everything that you could not be justified from through the law of Moses. So, Beware what is said in the prophets, that what is said in the prophets does not happen to you when it says, look, you scoffers, marvel and vanish away, because I'm doing a work in your days, a work that you will not believe, even if someone were to explain it to you. And that gets us up to verse 41. And if you happen to be super astute and remember that Roger is uh, one of Roger's favorite Old Testament books is Habakkuk. What you'll remember is that Paul just quoted Habakkuk there. But that's what God was saying to Habakkuk when Habakkuk complained. Right. I'm doing a work in your days that you would never believe even if someone were to explain it to you. Anyway. Little extra nugget. Bonus no extra fee today all right turn it back to the book of jeremiah sorry reading's kind of rough today turn it back to the book of jeremiah we're going to pick up in chapter 12 at verse 7 so yesterday we paused at verse 6 where some people end god's response to jeremiah's complaint that we were reading yesterday but you're going to hear us pick up with god still talking so 12.6, was that the right place to put a break in terms of an outline? Well, scholars don't agree. One final thought about all that at the end of uh, our time together. Um, Talking about my dumb question. Jeremiah chapter 12, picking up in verse 7. If you have raced with runners and they have worn you out, How can you compete with horses? If you stumble in a peaceful land, what will you do in the thickets of the Jordan? Even your brothers, your own father's family, even they were treacherous to you. Even they have cried out loudly after you. Don't have confidence in them, though they speak well of you. I have abandoned my house. I have deserted my inheritance. I have handed the love of my life over to her enemies. My inheritance has behaved toward me like a lion in the forest. She's roared against me, and therefore, I hate her. Is my, remember, good Good reminder here. Remember that love, hate language in the Bible is very frequently like directional, right? God is love, and of course, he's against love violated, right? Does, so, before you just get too wrapped up in just saying God is only love remember that there's an opposite of love I've abandoned my house I've inherited deserted my inheritance I've handed the love of my life over to her enemies and then he says my inheritance has behaved toward me like a lion in the forest she's roared against me therefore I hate her this is the God of love saying, I hate her. What does that mean? He's given them over, right? Is my inheritance like a hyena to me? Are birds of prey circling her? Go, gather all the wild animals. Bring them to devour her. Many shepherds have destroyed my vineyard. They've trampled my plot of land. They've turned my desirable plot into desolate wasteland. They have made it a desolation. It mourns desolate before me. All the land is desolate, but no one takes it to heart. Over all the barren heights in the wilderness, the destroyers have come. For the Lord has a sword that devours from one end of the earth to the other. No one has peace. They have sown wheat, but harvested thorns. They have exhausted themselves, but have no profit. Be put to shame by your harvests because the Lord's because of the Lord's burning anger. This is what the Lord says concerning all my evil neighbors who attack the inheritance that I bequeathed to my people Israel. I am about to uproot them from their land, and I will uproot the house of Judah from them, from them. After I've uprooted them, I will once again have compassion on them and return each one to the inheritance and to his land. If they will diligently learn the ways of my people to swear by my name, saying, as the Lord lives, just as they taught my people to swear by Baal, they will be built up among my people. However, if they will not obey, then I will uproot and destroy that nation. This is the Lord's declaration. And by the way, there's one of many examples of the Lord's heart being for all people, right? Hey, even these other people, non-Israelites, if they will follow me, I'll, I'll save them or not. Next section, linen underwear. This is what the Lord said to me. Go and buy yourself a linen undergarment and put it on, but do not put it in water. So I bought underwear as the Lord instructed me and put it on. Then the word of the Lord came to me a second time. Take the underwear that you bought and are wearing and go at once to the Euphrates and hide it in a rocky crevice. So I went and hid it by the Euphrates as the Lord commanded me. A long time later, the Lord said to me, Go at once to the Euphrates and get the underwear that I commanded you to (laughs) hide. Just sorry. Prophecy in your tidy whities. <laughs> the word of the Lord came to me a second time. Take the underwear that you bought and are wearing, and go at once to the Euphrates and hide it in a rocky crevice. So I went and hid it by the Euphrates as the Lord commanded me. A long time later, the Lord said to me, go at once to the Euphrates and get the underwear that I commanded you to hide there. So I went to the Euphrates and dug up the underwear and got it from the place where i had hidden it, but it was ruined of no use at all. Then the word of the Lord came to me. This is what the Lord says. Just like this, I will ruin the great pride of both Judah and Jerusalem. These evil people who refused to listen to me who follow the stubbornness of their own hearts and who have followed other gods to serve and bow and worship, they will be like this underwear of no use at all. Just as underwear clings to one's waist, so I fastened the whole house of Israel and Judah to me. This is the Lord's declaration. So that they might be my people for my fame, praise, and glory. But they would not obey. The Wine Jars Say this to them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Every jar should be filled with wine. Then they will respond to you, Don't we know that every jar should be filled with wine? And you will say to them, This is what the Lord says. I am about to fill all who live in this land, the kings who reign for David on his throne, the priests and the prophets, and all the residents of Jerusalem, with drunkenness. I will smash them against each other, fathers and sons alike. This is the Lord's declaration. I will allow no mercy, pity, or compassion to keep me from destroying them. The Lord's Warning Listen and pay attention. Do not be proud, for the Lord has spoken. Give glory to the Lord your God before he brings darkness, before your feet stumble on the mountains at dusk. You wait for light, and he brings darkest gloom and makes total darkness. But if you will not listen, my innermost being will weep in secret because of your pride. My eyes will overflow with tears, for the Lord's flock has been taken captive. Say to the king, I just want to pause. I'm not even going to get through the end of what I intended to read today. In the midst of all of this, God's gonna deal with sin in a way that sounds kind of like grumpy Uncle Bill going on a rampage. Here, God says, If you will not listen, my innermost being will weep in secret because of your pride, my eyes will overflow with tears. Are you with me? Are you with me? If you're a parent, I know you know, right? If you've ever had a wayward child, sometimes you got to let them reap the consequences of their own junk. But it doesn't mean it doesn't break your heart. Some commentators think this was God speaking and some think it was Jeremiah speaking God's words, but either way, The expression is one of compassion. God wants you and your heart. wants to be in relationship, intimate with you. All right, let me finish this section and we'll call her a day. Say to the king and queen mother, take a humble seat for your glorious crowns have fallen from your heads. The cities of the Negev are under siege. No one can help them. All of Judah has been taken into exile, taken completely into exile. Look up and see those coming from the north. Where is the flock entrusted to you, the sheep that were your pride? The destiny of Jerusalem. What will you say when he appoints close friends as leaders over you, ones you yourself trained? Won't labor pains seize you as they do a woman in labor? And when you ask yourself, why have these things happened to me? It is because of your great guilt that your skirts have been stripped off, your body exposed. Can a Kushite change his skin or a leopard his spots? If so, you might be able to do what is good. You who are instructed in evil. I will scatter you like drifting chaff before the desert wind. This is your lot, what I have decreed for you. This is the Lord's declaration. Because you have forgotten me and trusted in lies. I will pull your skirts up over your face so that your shame might be seen. Your adulteries and your lustful neighing, your depraved prostitution on the hills and the fields. I've seen your abhorrent acts. Woe to you, Jerusalem! You are unclean for how long yet? That gets us up through chapter 13. My friends, outlining a piece of content forces you to wrestle with what it is saying. Sometimes it's obvious and sometimes even really smart, educated people don't agree. So what's the moral of the story? Not that you go do your own outlines like I was told to do in seminary, but at least be aware that chapters and verses aren't perfect in any context because what we're looking at is the whole of the story and what we have now was finalized a long time ago so my recommendation read for story perhaps in time slots like we do here rather than a chapter a day i am blessed and honored that you're reading the bible with me even i'm even if I'm the guy with the microphone. I love you. Amen. Amen.